0: Hello and welcome to What's the Story Ghost. I'm your host, Annette. And I'm Stephen. And today we... we mm, what episode are we on?
1: The next one? It's Probably
0: 68? 70.
1: It's 67.
0: Oh. Oh yeah. So, ep- welcome to episode... Six. We're so professional, it's not even funny. <laughs> we crack on? Please. I stood in the window of our room with the soft mesh curtain draped over my shoulder. I don't know why I was in such a rush to look out the window. It's nothing I haven't seen nearly half a dozen times before, so how I wound up caught up in the curtain, I do not know. But we were finally here, in the beautiful Kingsley Hotel in Cork. A cold, familiar shiver ran down my spine. I was fixated instantly, as always. No different from the other four occasions we'd stayed at this hotel. A different room, maybe, but always the same view. Stephen gently called my name, bringing me back down from the hill and into our hotel room. He asked if I wanted a glass of champagne. This visit was special. We were on our mini-moon. You see, we both loved the hotel, and we were, of course, both taking in the view. But the view I was taking in was different. Not the people down below in the warm infinity pool. Not the locals running or walking on the path that runs alongside, not the rushing water of the ferocious River Lee, not the old Cork Waterworks building or the beautiful houses spotted up on the steady slope of the hill on the other side of the river, but another building up on the tippity top of the hill. And provided you're not from Cork or know the history of the area, you'd be forgiven for assuming the building I was referring to was the dark, grey, gothic style mammoth of a building to the left of my view. Instead, it's the red brick building. By comparison, it could be considered dull or uninteresting, lacking in any special or exciting qualities. I don't know why, But buildings that just look like buildings and yet have a shocking history scare me more because of the sense of ease people probably felt when entering the facility. You see, St Anne's, the Grey building, and St Kevin's, the Red building, were all part of the same facility. It was originally called Iglinton Lunatic Asylum, after the Earl of Iglinton, the Lord Lieutenant of Ireland, and was opened in 1852. The chapel was later opened in 1885 and St. Kevin's Hospital was opened in 1890. Eglinton Asylum stands in the Shanachiel area of Cork City, near Cork City Jail, and the former Good Shepherd Magdalene Laundry. It opened its doors in 1789, the second, quote, lunatic asylum to be built in Ireland, but both were places to be avoided at all costs no matter how badly a person needed help. There was a time when little was known about mental health, and a great deal of unnecessary suffering occurred inside these walls. A person would have been better off homeless sleeping at the side of the road than being incarcerated in a place like this. One could be sent to the asylum for any behaviour authorities considered to be a sign of mental illness, including swearing, masturbation, adultery and undiagnosed illnesses. Unmarried mothers were sent there and forced to, quote, wash away their sins by doing tasks like laundry for 12 hours a day. William Saunders Halloran, the first Irishman to write a book on psychiatry, was appointed the first medical superintendent of the county and city of Cork Lunatic Asylum. He studied in Edinburgh and it was thought that it was here that he met Joseph Cox. Halloran described and praised Cox's circulating swing, which had been first suggested in Zoonomania by another Edinburgh alumni, Eramis Darwin. Halloran designed his own version of this, and it was nicknamed Halloran's Chair. Halloran proclaimed the benefits of his improved version deployed in Cork, in which patients were strapped to the chair and rotated up to 100 rotations per minute, inducing sleep in those suffering manic episodes. Halloran observed that inmates often voluntarily mounted the Swing for pleasure and recommended it where insanity was not yet chronic, being beneficial in quelling the unruly. The Swing enjoyed popularity in asylums in the British Isles during the early 19th century and aggressive use induced vomiting and bowel evacuation. Emetic reactions, as in vomiting, were then seen as therapeutic and despite all this sounding horrid, it should be seen as among the more humanitarian, contemporaneous psychiatric treatments. The common practice of torture in, quote, madhouses of the time included chaining up patients, isolating them, bloodletting, and inducing vomiting. The chair was popular because it induced vomiting without the use of drugs. In the early 1900s, Eglinton Asylum was renamed Our Lady's Hospital and the building was renovated, but the new facilities and the soft, benign new name did not have much of an impact on the treatment of those who found themselves within. The facility didn't close down completely until the 1960s, and over the years, many claim to have experienced paranormal activity here. Apparitions of former inmates have been seen wandering the corridors, and ghostly nurses still doing rounds have been seen sobbing. But for those who hear it, It's the terrible noises on the second floor, where the treatment rooms were, that are most distressing. Heartbreaking screams, miserable and hopeless moans, and the thrashing and clattering of chains as if abandoned souls still struggled wildly to free themselves from their eternal suffering. The facility has been laying vacant for years. It stood the test of time despite two fires, one as recently as July 2017, there are also talks of not only restoring the building, but converting it into apartments. Any takers? But should you need an extra shot of scary before you head back to work from your lunch or turn off to go to bed, let's take a walk, less than 20 minutes, to another of Cork's most famous locations and one of our favourite locations, Cork City Jail. The city jail at Sunday's Well opened in 1824 and was active for 99 years. The building was originally a mixed-sex prison, although it later became used for women only. It's now a heritage centre. Having been there every time we visit Cork, yes, we've been there five times, the staff are so friendly and approachable, which is a sharp contrast to the conditions once experienced by prisoners in this jail. As I said, the jail originally housed both male and female inmates who committed crimes within the city boundaries, The ones who committed crimes outside of Cork City were sent to the Cork County Jail instead. Meanwhile, those sentenced to death were executed by hanging from the gatehouse of the prison. In 1868, hangings were eventually stopped. The gatehouse is the area that's most visible to onlookers and passers-by, and where you pay admission and can purchase an audio guide. The Cork City Jail may be grand, but the gatehouse is a reminder of its grim purpose. Not unlike Crumlin Jail in Northern Ireland, Cork City Jail has been restored and spruced up so well you would never think it was once a place of so much suffering. Having done the tour ourselves, we were shocked to learn that, for some, Cork City Jail was... I wouldn't have said a haven, but it was a shelter. Three meals and a chance to catch one's breath while living on the hard streets of Cork for some. With that in mind, it's no wonder that some believe that the former occupants have found it very difficult to leave. People living around Sunday as well have always maintained that the jail was haunted, but I think we've come to the understanding that that word is used quite liberally when it comes to old buildings. In this instance, however, the rumours appear to be correct. Even during the initial restoration of the site, project staff became aware that something a little weird was present. Men's voices were heard coming from the room next door, but if investigated, no one could be found. Electrical items would be turned off, or on, or even moved from place to place, as if a curious child wanted to play with the equipment. The phantom child theory also accounts for an encounter when someone felt a tug on their jacket, similar to the actions of a child trying to get one's attention. Of course, the prison had no shortage of women imprisoned for some of the wildest reasons, so there's no shortage of manifestations of phantom women. The apparitions don't seem overly choosy as to when they appear, as they've been seen in both day and night. The women are said to be tall and thin, dressed in smart 18th century attire. They always avoid eye contact with the living, perhaps even oblivious to their presence. The figures normally disappear into the walls. As you walk through the hallways and rooms, you will learn more about the jail. You'll also learn about the rules and punishments, and the prisoners that used to be confined there. You'll encounter some wax figures depicting jail characters, such as guards and prisoners. They're all quite lifelike and definitely adds more to the experience. While you either listen to the audio guide or read the booklet, the wax figures show what life was like in the jail in the 1800s to the early 1900s. But as you wander around the impressive building, don't let your mind wander too far. You could very well see someone in the corner of your eye, and just assume it's a wax figure. Maybe down one of the corridors that's still in disarray. What do you think of that story?
1: That's very cool. I really enjoy the stories where we've been to the place.
0: I feel like we can actually have an opinion, or you know, give a, a true account of how we felt while we were there. Now, in fairness, we've, like I said, it's embarrassing how many times we've gone I'm pretty sure we're putting someone's kids through college we haven't gone with the boys yet in fact the last time we went was did we did we go on our mini moon in the December or the January?
1: December was the mini moon Yeah. February was so 2019
0: uh... was the last time we went oh yeah and we had been there religiously every year except that year we went twice we went in the January and then we went again in the December Um, but every time we've gone it's just been like a staple piece of how we end our trip there yeah, and every time we go I end up either relearning something or le- feel like I missed something the last time it's kind of like when you watch a Marvel movie or if you watch any movie that you think you've watched mm. enough to kind of know the whole gist of the story and then the second or third time you watch it you're like oh I didn't caught that the last time um, so it's like every time we do the tour I either learn something new or something just sinks in a little bit better but despite the fact it's very much like um, Crumlin Road Jail despite the fact that the place is really clean Really spruced up. It's eerie as hell for me, and um, there are a couple of corridors that they haven't touched, and they have perspex perspex glass, so you can see down through them. Um, and it just goes to show if they didn't do all of the reno- renovations or the restoration that they did do, the place would just be in um in a heap. Like, but it it really adds to the scary factor seeing what it was like because there's no way it would be in the way it is now I mean the prison service back then got very little money and if it did it went to the staff rather than the facilities because they just didn't really care like some of the stories that you'd hear about kids stealing bread or you know what they'd end up in there for it was really really sad there was one There's one wax figure of a kid and he just wanted somewhere warm to sleep for the night and I just felt so bad but I think this, I remember like, that one yeah I didn't have any definitive characters in that one so I don't know if you've actually put something what was your man, the Dr. Malarchy? Malar? Halloran.
1: Hall- oh, I can't read my own writing. <laughs> Halloran, I was just thinking of a doctor type figure. Yeah. And, uh, Wallace Shawn came to mind. He is Sheldon Cooper's Mima's partner.
0: Oh, doesn't he do the voice of one of the he, Toy Story characters? He does.
1: He is.
0: He's not the dinosaur.
1: Point this out now for you. Wait, uh, is he, he the dinosaur? He plays Dr. John Sturgis. Yeah, he's the voice of Rex in Toy Story. He is the dinosaur. Why did I think that that was your man who
0: plays Ross? No, that's the giraffe in the Madagascar cartoon. They're not even the same species. No. See, I think his intentions were at least he was trying something that didn't require someone being chained to a wall because some of the like not Waverly Place was it Waverly Place that we sorry. covered
1: you're talking about his new technique I was like the actor was trying something new no no no
0: sorry um, at least he was trying something yeah um, where it, it kind of feels like his swing was inducing some sort of G's and people were passing out because like the same training that NASA pilots go through and they pass yeah. out
1: it's like, it's that's where it all started. That's where um, circus and fairgrounds, travelling fairgrounds started. Oh. He he used to travel the country and give people goals on a swing and then he made it bigger. And you know the way he sits in it and he spins them around. Yeah. He made one that's bigger but has all these chairs and it's, it spins around and pushes it to the side. And oh, then it's now a
0: washing machine, I think they call it now. The spaceships. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's how that made-up story came about.
0: See, so you sound so convincing. I don't know if you're serious or not. I
1: am serious that it was made up. <laughs> mm. Okay.
0: Um no, but I might like I mean so that character actually plays true for me because he's sweet and he's he's adorable and the character that he plays in Young Shend- Sheldon is like cute as a button. Um but I really think that he was actually trying to at least do something other than I think it was was a way really place that we we did an episode on where the remnants of a cage was left oh, behind yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can only imagine what some of the patients were going through because nobody knew anything about mental health and i really don't know how long we're allowed to use that excuse for because these stories are getting further and further away from the 14 and 15 and 1600s yeah and now these are in like the late 18 early 1900s so at least he's he was trying something new uh i didn't fall down a rabbit hole this week oh no injuries no injuries no we finished up there say your words so thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you have any questions or queries our Instagram is what's the story ghost if you have any personal stories uh, our email is what's the story ghost at gmail.com I will include all of the links in the description of the episode and those are all my words exit jingle exit jingle Bye. bye it sounded very safe by the bell. You know the dramatic scenes in it, not like the yeah, end credits. Blossom, I was, but yeah. Oh, is she
1: the one who wore all the hats. And then became a Sheldon girlfriend later on.